You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. John, you've got a story for us. Yeah, well, I thought I'd um, sort of give an update to our listeners. We're now 12 months on from Australia's first uh, large-scale Grids connected battery, which was yep. uh, installed in South Australia. Yep, that was one we had the bet, or he had he promised, uh, wasn't it? The bet with the uh, the guy from Atlassian That's or something right. on Twitter saying, uh, "I'll build this in a hundred days," or and it's uh, and it costs less than a hundred million dollars, or it's free. It, like and look, it was stacked a little bit in uh, Elon's favour, in mm. that uh, you know he probably started production well before the the paperwork had signed, but right. he did meet all the targets, and therefore he, there was an expectation, and then the government has paid for these batteries. It wasn't given over for free. Yep. Uh, it was ridiculed originally by uh, some conservatives, uh, particularly in government, hmm. uh, but it has been a proven a success. And as early as March this year, there were reports coming out just showing how good that has been. And it also led to you know more interest from other states, particularly in Victoria, which has just connected, um, you know, or they're charging up now two of the grid scale batteries. So the Gunawara Energy Energy Storage System that's in Kerrang, and then there's the one in Ballarat, which I think it's called. BESS, Ballarat Energy Storage Solution, I think it is. So those have just been connected this year. They're charging up. So what they will be able to do is BESS has the capacity to power 20,000 homes for one hour during peak demand. And look, the whole reason is, you know, we've, we've answered the question on, um, you know, renewables. So, you know, wind is great. It can produce the power, but only when it's windy. Mm. Uh, solar panels are great when the sun's out. But what happens when there's no wind and it's at night time? Well, you need to be able to um, still store the power or produce power and yep. that's where these batteries come in because if we continue to look to coal we have uh, health issues we have global environmental issues mm. and it is a limited resource um, yep. as well yep. so the batteries in South Australia proved a success I think some of the numbers coming out of that was that uh, in the first and this is a quote from uh, Van Gess who is a part of the you know the leading technology uh, got out of Van Get uh, over in South Australia He said in the first four months of operations of the Hornsdale Power Reserve, the official name for the Tesla big battery owned and operated by Neon, the frequency ancillary services prices went down by 90%. So that's 90%. What that was sort of all uh, tied into and meant is that if the power went off, like if the the cables had a problem or if there was, um, you know, a shortage in supply, uh, then other power stations would have to warm up and they'd have to you know, rotate and spin and then get up to speed, whereas the batteries could actually get this power in straight away within milliseconds. Mm. So that meant that there wasn't the flicker of light. It happened so quick that there was no more flickers yep. and it was able to deliver that power. And as Victoria and you know, we've just recently re-voted in uh, the Labor government, which has a policy or does actually have uh, somewhat of a strong policy on renewable energy and the future rather than the alternate. Uh, you know, we have put in two big batteries into the system and there are plans for, for more as well. So, look, it, it's a good sign. I, I wanted to sort of highlight that we are moving forward. Uh, you know, some people think that we might be stuck in the dark ages and to a degree we, we may be with some governments consisting, consistently looking at coal. Mm. Uh, but we do have these battery-powered systems coming online, which is good. And they deal with the – when there's um, unexpected demands. This was one of the problems that stimulated the whole project to start with, to build that big power plant with the battery backup, the world's biggest battery in South Australia – was because they'd had some they had some you know either it was heat waves or 
In fact, I think they had some storm damage. They had power lines down. They had extensive blackouts for, for quite a long period of time That's in right. Adelaide and elsewhere, Adelaide being the capital of South Australia. They just found that they needed a way of being able to meet those so that the, the system that they had could handle most of the demand for most of the time, but it was when you had an extreme situation that the, the system fell over. And that's one of the advantages this battery has, that it can it can click in at exactly the right time exactly. when it's needed and provide that backup. And and that's why the um, batteries were also put over in sort of the Western Victoria, because that's where there's uh, congestion. I mean, we uh, Victoria supplies some power through to South Australia mm-hmm. uh, as needed from some of the coal supplies down here. Yep. Uh, but there is congestion along that network and that was one of the reasons why it was decided to put the batteries over there so that in the times of congestion, particularly as we're coming into the hotter months now, yep. you know, we're getting into summer. Surges in air conditioning usage, that e- sort of stuff. Exactly, and that can trip the network. So if, if we've got uh, too much draw on the systems, that can trip the network and then mm. that can shut things down. Mm. And so this battery is, as you say, is to smooth that out. And one of the smart things that it was doing is the way that the energy markets work is to buy power from whether it be other states or other providers to ensure that there's consistent supply and historically what would happen is as the power dropped from one power source uh, they would rely on another which might be you know coal and that would be expensive so all of a sudden your spot price would rise right up and that would be at a cost to um, the energy providers and the government Uh, but within the initial operations within the first few months of the batteries running because the batteries could um, charge up at you know a time when it was low cost energy, uh, but then also sell the energy back to the grid when uh, when the demand was there, when the spot price rose. Mm. It actually was able to make money, um, or, or at least cost less to the government overall. I think it was initial numbers were about thirty three million dollars savings in the first uh, few months. So that that was the the proof in the pudding, I guess, for that part of the power Uh, obviously now as you put more batteries into the system it's not going to have that kind of effect it is now the design would be to sort of smooth out uh, this now so the idea being to have a smooth network and not have these price shocks but with with that means that there's less spike in the price which means that there's not necessarily as big a savings in in the long term but we still need these batteries we yeah, still, yeah. at least it's consistent power supply i noticed the office of the chief scientist this is from the australian federal government they're saying that uh, you know basically this same sort of technologies that, that, that could be used to back up the planet mm. so future demand for storage is met by batteries how large is the challenge to provide grid scale ba- backup to the electricity supply you know, now this was a report from back in 2016 that okay. I, I found mm. uh, Dr Alan Finkel so it's an Australian government they put out a, um, a bit of a, a flyer about battery storage mm. and they, they sort of presented the idea if there was a global blackout of grid scale electricity supply how many gigafactories would it take to store enough energy for an entire day so gigafactories um, you know tesla is building this it's this massive big you know lithium ion with solar panels uh, renewable factory mm. uh, and so how many of these would you require uh, across the world and they decided that um, well 184 gigafactories would be required to produce sufficient lithium-ion batteries to power the world for one day. Um, wow. and for a five-day global backup, 920 gigafactories would be needed. Now, they do expect that that number would potentially come down as there are more improvements with the lithium-ion technology batteries mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. 
there's other methods and also things like uh, hydrogen and pumped hydro might be able to also smooth that out. So there yep. are other renewable sources yep. um, that, that could also help to the supply. So I think th th there was an answer a long time ago, which some people have, have not really listened to. And that is that we are in a time where renewables with battery backup or some storage can certainly power the country and can certainly uh, look to power the globe as well. It's just about that transition phase, which we're going through right now. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.